Welcome to another episode of the Roseland Podcast. I'm Chloe, your host, and in today's episode, we're going a little bit further afield because we're going to be talking about the Hall for Cornwall with Brian Churcher. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you can find and listen to all our episodes at rosenpodcast.com. There's over 25 of them now, so plenty to get stuck into. Um, and you can listen both on the website at rosenpodcast.com or you can listen via a podcast app. So if you'd like to listen to other things on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the others then just search for Rosalind podcast and you'll find us when you find us please do hit subscribe so you uh, you don't miss miss the next next episodes coming up at rosenpodcast.com you will also find links to all the many resources we've mentioned in each episode um, over the months we've been doing this right let's find out what's going on at the hall hello brian good morning chloe how are you very well today and a beautiful sunny day we're talking today it is isn't it it's gorgeous when we're recording so i hope when all of you are listening you're having a gorgeous day as well but we're here to talk about the hall for cornwall which seems to have been closed forever um with no end in sight so brian you know the inside track though don't you so so what's been going on over there well um it certainly has been closed almost forever it's now been closed for coming on for two years and the development has got very much more complicated. What we're trying to do is to end up with the best regional theatre in the country, and we're going to have something like 13, or in excess of 1,300 seats in the new theatre. The original plan was the theatre would be opening round about now Mm -hmm. with soft openings for the run-up for the pantomime season. But, of course, with COVID, everything came to a halt in February, so did you have to stop all all building works in February then? Stop all building works because you couldn't social distance on a building site. Oh, gosh. Uh, the, the main infrastructure inside had been done, but, it, but there was nothing in it. I mean, the, the walls, the whole building had been stripped out and, and some of the steel work to, for the new theatre had gone in and then everything stopped. And then one one of the companies, I think, that they subcontracted some of the work to went bust, so that then held everything up again. However, they have started work with mm-hmm. a reduced number of people, uh, again, for social distancing. Yeah. And it's very hard to have an end date in, you know, to actually say it will open on a particular date. I think I would hazard a guess it will probably open around about the middle of next year. It must be so hard to guess an end date with that because if this if the coronavirus goes away and they can have maximum number of people back on site and there's the businesses there to be able to do it, as you said, one of the suppliers has already gone under, then that's a completely different timeline to if we stay as we are currently now. And then if we're going to go into a full lockdown again, then it's it must be very stressful for the poor people trying to organise it all. Well, Actually, for a regional theatre, we're probably one of the luckiest ones because we were planned to be closed in any case. The theatres, you know, like the, the Royal Theatre at Plymouth, mm. the, sorry, Theatre Royal in Plymouth, I mean, that's a real problem because they've got staff, they've got the whole theatre operating, so you've got to furlough everybody or make people redundant. And a lot of regional theatres probably won't reopen ever. This theatre was due to be closed. Now, we just had to extend the closing time uh, and we've got reduced costs. Yes, I suppose in some ways, the or not in some ways, entirely, the the ongoing operation of a theatre was closed, was mothballed, wasn't it? There's no 
productions that were due to turn up. There's no front of house staff currently on the book. So actually, yes, it's uh, easier for the Hall for Cornwall to, to see its way through it than it would be for, for others. Yeah, much easier. Uh, it's given other pressures, of course, on the mm-hmm. management of the Hall for Cornwall because the costs have gone up, the timescales go backwards, and therefore you've got to try and raise a bit more money. So that, that always is a problem. And it is a £22 million project. So it's, it's Yes, it, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't small fry to begin with, was it? It wasn't small fry to begin with, you're quite right. And Brian, where you're mainly involved with the Hall for Cornwall is on that fundraising side. So what's, what, have, what have you guys been up to? despite coronavirus, to, to keep the money coming in? Well, I was originally asked to be involved uh, to raise from the good people of Cornwall some round about half a million pounds about three years ago. And since then, I've set up a committee, uh, with a small committee, going around and then getting lots of people to become friends of my committee and then asking those people to all chip in a little bit of money. And then we have raised our half million pounds that original half million mm. pounds. However, because costs have gone up, we've now got to raise another half million pounds. <laughs> a victim of your own success. Of one's own success. Oh, cool. uh, what, what's on the cards to raise the next half million then? Well, the, the main fundraising is going to be to sponsor a seat. We're going to have 1,300 seats in the theatre. Actually, we are telling everybody we're going to have two more seats than they have in the Theatre Royal in Plymouth. So we're going to be bigger than the Plymouth Theatre. Those two seats are very important. <laughs> They're very important. And we, you can be able to sponsor a seat from £100 up to, I think, £250 or £300, depending where the seat is. And with 30, if we can sponsor all 1,300 seats, that will be the bulk of getting another half million pounds. Excellent. And was... It strikes me that kind of one of the first things on the list of how we're going to raise the money would be a sponsored seat program. So how 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 were you lucky enough to have it left till last so it's still there to, to up the funds when you need it most? Well, I think if you're going to sponsor a seat, you've got to know the exact layout of the theatre. You know, you're going to have rows A to Z or whatever and you know, mm. take up and then row numbers from one to whatever it is, 30 across. So you, you, you've got to make sure you've got the seats there that people are sponsored. Ah, so, so, so what? Sorry, after you, Brian. You have to wait for the final design of the theatre all to be signed off to know exactly what you've got. Yes, it would be awful if you sold one more sponsorship than you actually had a seat for, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a little bit embarrassing. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it would be somewhat complicated to, to deal with. Oh, very Absolutely. cool. And, um, and these, are these sponsored seats available for us to go and uh, put our name to right now? Yes, you can go to, onto the Hall, Hall for Cornwall website and then search for sponsor receipt. It's as simple as that. And then you can and you can actually do it from now. We're going to have an official launch towards the end of September, but it's available now for anybody that wants to do it. So you can get in early and beat the official launch. Yeah, before it all sells out, get your first pick. Absolutely. Excellent. So can we literally pick which seat? Yes, there will be uh, on the website the design. Um, it's like booking a seat. You'll be able to book seats when the theatre opens. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that now will be done online and you'll be able to choose your seat. Gosh, you could literally grab C1 if you wanted to. You'll be able to grab C1. Well, I hope you'll be able to do that. <laughs> I fell for that, didn't I? Hook, line and sinker. <laughs> oh, very cool. So, yeah, definitely worth getting in earlier if you want to get something close to your own initials or something. Uh- and it will tell you the, the 
they'll be putting an inscription on the back of the seat and it'll tell you how to do that and there'll be a maximum number of words or letters you can use for the inscription. So you can dedicate it to a, a loved one, to yourself, you know, whatever you fancy doing. It could be some very cheap advertising for a business. It know. could be very cheap advertising for a business. Yeah, very, very focused cheap advertising to the person in the seat behind. So. In, the, in the seat behind you. <laughs> so you. It's quite hard to see your own, you know, when you've done your seat, because your name's going to be on the back of the seat. So you're going to have to sort of peer over to make sure they've got the right seat. <laughs> Is that, everyone listening, I can see Brian right now, which you can't. We've both just been mimicking what it would look like if we were trying to look on the back of our chair quite ridiculously. So we'll, uh, we'll give you that bit of imagery. <laughs> And is is there obviously this, the sponsor of seats the biggest one at the moment? But I assume there's, there's other fundraising activity on the go currently. Well, they're going to be launching a scheme called um, Time to Shine Appeal, which is very much um, relating to youth and youth theatre and involving um, people from schools. So all the schools are going to be informed about Time to Shine Appeal and how they can help and do fundraising events. Oh, so it's quite possible. Um, I'm not responsible for that side at all, but I'm sure the Roseland Academy will probably be involved in that or will be told about it if they wish to be involved. I suspect all the schools will hear about it. Yes. I imagine the primary schools as well, or is it? Uh, or should well, we wait no, and see? Schools, um, I think the primary schools on the Roseland are quite small and they've got lots of other things on the go probably. But I think some of these schools are going to be asked if they could uh, nominate somebody to be a sort of coordinator and perhaps have coffee mornings, anything like that. Very cool. Um, so so we basically we all need to go and sponsor our seats right now and get ready for this time next year where we'll be able to head back to the hall. Hopefully, well, maybe. Hopefully, COVID-free by then, we all, all hope. And you'll see the most spectacular theatre because the main entrance is going to be in Boscowan Street mm -hmm. and under those arches where used to be the old flea market. All of that has been stripped out. The whole building has been taken back to its granite core. So it's going to be the most beautiful. Oh, and it's a great two-listed building. And you're going to see a lot of granite in that building. And then there'll be a walkway through from Boscowan Street, what they call an oak way. And we have oak ways in Truro. Mm -hmm. Um, through to Lemon Key, and then the main sort of coffee shop restaurant will be on the Boscowan side, and then there'll be another coffee shop on the Lemon Key side. Wow, so, so the, the Ope, was that like a permanent walkway? It's a perm it'll be a permanent walkway. Wow. I guess it'll be closed at night when the theatre's closed. But the nice thing about it is the plan is that if people are rehearsing, I mean, if a Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra comes down and is practicing. If you walk through the Oakway, I mean, you might not be able to see them, but you'll be able to hear them practicing. Oh, how marvellous! And you said the they're now, now literally moving the the opening to the Boscowan Street side. It always struck me that was a much grander side of the building than the one that was originally chosen for the entrance. So I think that's a a marvellous idea. Are there any other little um, little bits you can tell us about what it's going to look like when we get get access again? Well, the the stage itself won't have changed very much from the old stage. It's really all for the front of house. It's the bit that you're really going to notice the difference. Mm -hmm. and to get 1,300 people in there, they had to lower the floor a little bit of the auditorium because they weren't allowed to heighten the ceiling very much or the roof mm -hmm. because of the other buildings around. Um, you've got to get all the air conditioning and all that sort of 
stuff's put into a modern building. Yeah. You've also got to improve uh, lavatories. Now, they're a great talking point in theatres. There are never enough loos for ladies in particular. No, nope, I Lad- personally missed the beginning of Act 2 of Les Mis because I was stuck in the toilets. Yeah. So, yes. So the, the idea is there meant to be many more loos, both for le- women and men. Um, I, I think just when you walk in through the Boscan Street ent- entrance, it will be mind-blowing the first time you do it because I've seen all the designs. And it's, it's a big, tall entrance granite everywhere, and you're going to walk straight into a, a bar area, stroke restaurant area, and that will be your main entrance into the theatre. And that is quite dramatic. Excellent, because the, the current entrance is always a bit of a bit of a letdown. It is a bit of a letdown, and the bar was dreadful. One long, thin bar running all the way along inside. And now you'll have two bars you know, on, on, on either side of the theatre. It always felt like more like the bar you'd find at the back of a, uh, you know, shed-like music venue than, <laughs> than a theatre. The most, most, not an appealing place to have gone to that bar. No, no, very functional. Very functional. And of course, this bar being now on the Boscowan Street and on Lemon Key, it'll be open all day as well. So even on the days when there isn't a production on, it'll, it should be open. Yeah, which I guess creates another, um, another mode of income for the for the hall as well and also it'll do an awful lot for the nightlife of Truro if you talk to anybody now who works in Truro uh, Truro is absolutely dead and at night time it is totally dead and so the likes of the restaurants like Hooked and Mannings and Bustava Jones I mean why do you normally go into Truro you go to the cinema you go into the theatre There's no great reason for driving there unless you happen to live in Truro. Yeah, and, if, and there's not more destinations to go to, be they restaurants or bars or theatres, can only be a good thing for helping to liven up Truro in the evenings, can't it? Absolutely. I feel, very, I feel very sorry for the restaurant trade because it's been hammered with the hall being closed. Although, of course, with COVID, it would have been hammered in any case, so. Yes, yeah, so so at least the hall's in a situation where it's go, it, it should survive COVID relatively unscathed, and therefore be there to create the uh, the, the the volume of traffic of people wanting to eat in the restaurants again. Yeah, and once you can have a full theatre, and when you're going up, if you can get thirteen hundred people in that theatre, that's a lot of people coming in to Truro, and most of them, even if they don't eat out, you know, they might go and have a drink in one of the theatre bars or in one of the local pubs. Yeah, and it, it just creates that extra bit of bit of life, which may bring people who aren't even going to the theatre in because they know there'll be a bit of atmosphere. Absolutely. Oh, marvellous. Well, look, Brian, I um, thank you so much for coming on and giving us an update on what's going on at the hall. Uh, and uh, I hope you sell lots and lots and lots of sponsored seats. Please go, everybody, go onto the Hall for Cornwall website and look for sponsor a seat. We'd much appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. Thank you very much. And to make it really easy for you to find that page on the Hall for Cornwall's website, we put a link straight to it 
on the show notes page, which you'll find at rosenpodcast.com. And if you've got an idea for an episode for us or something else or would like to come on the show, then just drop us an email to rosenpodcast at gmail.com with your ideas and any questions you've got. And if you want to make sure you hear all the shows, then bookmark rosenpodcast.com or subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Be kind and stay safe.